just trying to think of, for the sake of the discussion last hour, if you're listening, Mike Tyson, uh, a boxer, is, um, and the reason I say a boxer is because I realized how old he is and how long ago that he was in his prime. Mm. If you're 35, you have no, you might not have hardly any memory of Mike Tyson ever being in his prime. Well, and normally I'd say, well, people know who, you know, Babe Ruth was, and he hasn't played for a number of years, but boxing is so gone from gigantic to who cares that you're right. Yeah, these people might, I've heard that name. See the guy with the Tigers? Uh, he was a convicted rapist, too, probably worth throwing in. Uh, and uh, and one of the stars of uh, Hangover, the Hangover movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in which he had a tiger. And he did, clearly. Uh, so we're talking about voter fraud and mail-in ballots and that sort of thing. A couple of quick follow-ups. Uh, the RNC has joined in efforts to overturn Cal Unicornia Governor Gavin Mussolini's executive order that every voter receive a mail-in ballot for the November election. The lawsuit filed in federal court. Sacramento mirrors an earlier one, et cetera, et cetera. So that fight is on. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but we received a number of emails uh, in the midst and, and after the discussion that I thought Electronic were, mail. Yeah, that's correct, Jack. You need not uh, put a letter in an envelope anymore. Where do I put the stamp on this electronic see, mail? I, again, it's it's. Uh, let me explain it to you after the show. <laughs> how I multivite. Uh, hmm. Take two. How I multivote. By Alanonymous, I am a member of the Armed Services. I've lived in many states. I receive absentee ballots from three of those states, plus my home of record. I vote four times in four states. If some don't think it happens, their heads are in the sand. Additionally, I collect ballots from all the old ladies in my neighborhood and vote those as well. What? Now I don't How know do if you that's do that? sarcastic. Well, you offer to turn it in for them, mm. and then like change the way they're voted, or or just to just to. You know how they're going to vote? Oh, no. You just you say, yeah, I'll seal it for you. Just pop that uh, ballot in there. And, and then one popular technique is just if there are any you didn't bother to vote because you don't know or care who's on the county board or whatever, they you fill in your party to make sure mm, your party wins. Mm. Or you just say, you do, you're do you a Democrat or you're a Republican? Great, I'll take your ballot. I'll fill it out for you. And then they just fill it out however they want. But uh, Marsha writes, uh, hey, guys, love your show. I uh, wanted to let you know the state of Nevada is being sued because we don't allow vote harvesting. They're trying to Californicate Nevada. It's Marsh and Carson City. Uh, the always reliable Joe writes, There's no evidence that vote fraud would occur if we simply put stacks of ballots on street corners. How's that for debunking? That's true. No evidence does exist that vote fraud would occur. Because A, it's not been tried, and B, nobody checks anyway. Uh, there's an NBC Los Angeles report uh, just came across the Twitter right now. 80 ballots mailed to one San Pedro depart- apartment. Mm. Yep, sure. Well, and uh, people have pointed out apartment complexes could be rife with this. I mean, you you could have all sorts of, you know, you could have a guy stand there and say, look, you got to keep it cool, but I'll give you 10 bucks for your ballot. Just standing there at the post office on the couple of days they're mailed. And somebody might call the authorities, but in certain hoods, nobody would. God, when I used to move around a lot and uh, you know, be in a different apartment every nine months or a year or whatever, the amount of mail you get from people that used to live in that apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you live there. Yeah, we still get our, our you know mail for our kids uh, who haven't lived in our house for years. And, uh, yeah, could vote for them. In fact, I have voted for them in the past. Is that a felony? So a, I mean, I asked them what they what they want, but so a COVID story. One uh, one definitely positive note is uh, the number of deaths has gone down quite a bit. Now I want to make clear, I've never voted for anyone. It's a joke. It's a, an apocryphal tale made by an outrageous talk show host. 
So he's known for his outrageous comments. Here's your last three days total deaths in America. 633, 503, 693. Those are low numbers. Oh, yeah. Compared to where we were. But yeah, very, very, very low. Because we were in the thousands for, uh, you know, a couple of months. And so, and that's three days in a row. And I would guess the average age of those poor folks, and God bless them, um, is uh, 80 or so, or certainly well past 75. So that's, that's just absolutely fantastic news. Yes. Um, but I saw, I saw this headline, uh, the, the fastest or hardest hit counties in America now, um, the San Francisco Bay Area. Seven of the nine Bay Area counties have reported recent uptick in cases, uh, sharply rising. And I saw that headline. I thought, "Oh no!" And then Joe pointed let, out the obvious. Let me know when you would like me to join, jump in, and point out that is useless information, utterly useless. You might as well oink like a hog or cluck like a chicken. As I've said before, if I am curious to know how many redheads there are in my zip code, I go to three houses. I find one redhead, and I report we have one case of redheadedness. Then the next week, I go to 200 houses. Turns out we have a shocking rise in redheadedness, 45 redheads. And then the next (laughs) week, I hit every house in the zip code, which is thousands, and I report 890. We have a sharp rise in case. It reflects a rise in testing. Unless you have randomized, steady numbers of testing, you have given me no useful information. So they got And this gra- is in the what the San Francisco Chronicle? Or? Yeah, front page, top of the fold. This is the big story. Unbelievable. And it uh, got my attention. Uh, Alameda County spikes now hardest hit. Um, and I thought, oh my God. Well, you get several paragraphs in, certainly away from the headline that's supposed to scare you. Health officers say they anticipated some increases as they expanded testing. Hey, I think. I'm friggin' believable. Seriously. And, and you will hear that reporting. In all the major newspapers, websites, all the alphabet channels, the cable channels, they're all doing it. And it's all to scare you and get your attention or to reinforce the the narrative that this is absolutely horrible and we must all be terrified. It is pretty damn horrible if you get it. I know multiple people now. It is a terrible and scary disease. But, and maybe now is the time for that, um, well, who's that you were quoting earlier in the show who, was offering Winston oh, oh. Churchill. No, no, no. It was a Tuesdays with Maury guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is so, a great time for that. So USA Today, they do this occasionally. It's um, it's uh, it's a, practically a stunt, really, where they'll do a, a false front page about something dramatic. And in this case, it's uh, hitting the number 100,000 deaths across America. And they've got the pictures of everyone who died, which is horrible. Inside, they have a full-page op-ed piece. So it's the first page in the newspaper. Uh, full-page op-ed from Mitch Album, the guy who wrote Tuesdays with Maury. If you remember that book from that back in the day, he had an old teacher from college that he really liked, and the guy was dying, and uh, they became friends and started hanging out, and, uh, and Mitch Album learned the meaning of life. I remember reading that book at the time and thinking it was very moving and powerful. Very touching, yeah. But then he wrote like nine more of them, and... Uh, yeah, seemed a little cash grabby. Wednesdays but. with Gladys and Thursdays with Otto, and <laughs> on and on. He was a sportscaster guy too, wasn't oh, yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, and really yeah. good. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> anyway, well, and listen, he got himself a couch cow and he milked it. I'd do the same thing. So anyway, the big headline USA Today wants you to know is: We are the enemy too. Americans must ask themselves: How many lives are worth returning to normal? They ask as if. 
having an answer to that question would make you a horrible person. I oh, assume it's clearly a rhetorical question. Assuming, and it is not a rhetorical question. There is an actual number you could come up with. How many lives are worth risking to return to normal? I'd say probably several thousand. I mean, I think you could figure out the math. Well, many thousand, because if we don't, we will lose many thousands of lives from what we've discussed before. Addiction, despair, suicide, uh, uh, lack of cancer screenings, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, not going to the doctor when your chest feels kind of tight because you're afraid to. We will not only will we arguably plunge people into poverty and misery, but we'll just flat kill people through lack of medical care. I think that's so, an insane so, argument and a really childish way to put it. Oh, of course, yeah. it's USA Today, which is kind of a dumbed down. It's my newspaper. Yeah. Americans must ask themselves, how many lives are worth returning to normal? I would agree. full-page article about that. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. That is a perfectly appropriate question, but it's not a a greeting card, simple adolescent girl uh, rhetorical question. It's a very serious question that has a very serious multifaceted answer. God, that's unbelievable. And I think Americans, a lot of Americans, are answering it by going out and about and doing things, Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's not uh, recommended where you live. Yeah, yeah. And if there were less of that bull crap, I think you'd get fewer people reflexively um, rejecting the idea of wearing masks, for instance, because it's become such a tribal political question. Oh, by the way, I was clicking around looking at Joe Biden's Twitter feed, his 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 picture, his avatar picture, is him in a mask, and uh, every every tweet that appears, he's in the mask, and um, and his pinned tweet, the one that you always see first, is I can't believe I have to say this, but please don't drink bleach. <laughs> so he's virtue signaling by wearing a mask and and misinterpreting what the president yeah. said, which was you know. Uh, odd and oddly put as usual with Trump, but he didn't tell anybody to drink bleach. Mm-hmm. I noticed Jack Dorsey didn't flag that and say the president never said to drink bleach, um, but of course not. But I just thought it was funny. He's in his mask for his picture because everybody knows if you have your picture taken without a mask, the camera gets COVID-19. What Bingo. Yeah, none of this will move a single vote. <laughs> no, it will not. These are such strange times. I tell you what. I was telling Jack during the commercials, the world's making me crazy. I'd like to become a farmer. Mm. It seems a very satisfying work. You know, and I'm my part of the, the world, it's more orchards than farms, although if I moved 10, feet, 10 miles over, it'd be farms. But, so I'm thinking of starting an orchard up, but I don't know the first thing about it. I mean, I understand, like, that uh, the, uh, nuts grow on trees. I have an orchard. It seems that watering it seems to be the main thing. Well, there you go. Wait a minute. Where's my pen? Write Water the orchard the trees we water seem to do well you know i I wish they all came due at the same time though so we'll have like a gazillion cherries and nothing else then we'll have no cherries but more lemons than you could uh, shake a lemon stick at right then oranges coming (laughs) out our wazoo which will happen if you eat too many oranges yes yes Um, they will (laughs) they keep you regular sometimes too regular (laughs) oh plums plums go just crazy oh and one of our dogs eats fruit so when it ripens onyx used to do that my old black lab bigsy our uh australian shepherd i think he is when if it ripens and falls to the ground, he eats it, and he is so fat because he just lays around in the summer eating fruit all day long. He's the fattest Australian shepherd you've ever seen. Oh boy, plums did not agree with Onyx. <laughs> tick, 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 kerblooey. Oh yeah, you want to have aggressive all... scent. Yeah, you got to be an outside dog if you're going to let him eat fruit all day long. Yeah, yeah. By the way, my my current dog Baxter is uh, he is shameless with breaking wind. 
And I mean, theoretically, he's just, he just eats the same thing, the mm-hmm. same food. But some days he just he's like the Hindenburg. He doesn't I mean, say excuse me or leave no, the room. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I'll be right back. He did, no, he's just he's there at our feet. Judy and I are sitting on a love seat there. I'm doing show preppy stuff. She's reading a book, whatever, and just lights the place up. Chimney. Rude. Shame. Shame. Shame, Baxter. Shame. Shame. Um, I get asked my buddy Greg, the professional dog trainer, if there's anything you can do about train that. Train them not to flatulate. Short huh. of a cork. Good boy. I'm guessing no. I don't even know how effective that would be. <laughs> well, and I tell you what, it'll change our relationship if I'm putting that cork in him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a different role to play. He's going to look at me differently every time I approach. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We will resume play and conduct the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs in two hub cities that will be identified and announced at a later date. So, uh, soccer on ice is likely to return this it's summer? hockey. Most exciting sport. <laughs> The greatest trophy in all of sports, the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. No doubt about Clearly. it. Clearly. Yep. How about this headline? Millenn- you have, you've got some... We work with a millennial, Sean. You've raised millennials. Oh. Uh, it has here. Millennials is born between 81 and 96. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess two of my kids technically yeah. are. Yes. Okay. I admit it. It's <laughs> <laughs> more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Millennials have experienced the slowest economic growth of any generation in American history. It's because they're lazy. Lazy <laughs> millennials. Everybody knows that. It's not the, the second once-in-a-lifetime economic collapse that happened once when we were entering the workforce and the second one as we were entering our prime earning years. It's that you're snowflakes. That's you don't know it. how to work. And but, you don't appreciate uh, bed spreads. It's the, it's the grip strength. <laughs> bed spreads and mayonnaise. Lack your grip strength. <laughs> Um, so I, I just thought that headline was pretty interesting. Yes. And it's true. Well, Looking yeah. at the graph, um, growth in economic output adjusted for population, inflation, uh, inflation adjusted, obviously, because whatever they were using for money back in 1792, I'm not, you know. Farthings. <laughs> crowns. For one thing, I thought it was interesting. Some of these generations I had never heard of. So what generation experienced <laughs> The greatest economic growth. Can be, before we get there, I would like to point out that if you go with today's figures, what you said was certainly true. But if you went with four months ago or possibly four months from now, it might no longer be true because the economy would, would hmm. skyrocket back up again. Um, Although I don't know what numbers they're using. So go ahead. Yeah, it looks like the graph was pretty low regardless of this last couple of months. Okay. Uh, but uh, so millennials have had the least economic growth uh during their 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 period of being in the workforce um the greatest by far and they're not that far behind the lost generation which is you know that that name right there would give you that was the generation born between 1883 and 1900 where that was they one wander of the, off one or? of the great <laughs> as pre-gps 
They had no idea where they were. I believe U.S. Americans don't have maps. But anyway, so you go up from there. Also, so there's a clump at the very bottom, a clump in the middle, and then one at the top that like had by far the greatest time to be alive mm-hmm. in terms of economic um, everything. But so at the bottom end, you got the millennials have had the worst uh, of it, then the lost generation, then the gilded generation. Oh, the gilded. 1822 to 1842. Then the transcendental generation, which I'd never heard of, born between 1792 and 1821. The founding fathers were still kicking it. Huh. All right. At the very top, though. Imagine that. You'd see James Madison walking down the street. Yeah. The generation that had the greatest go of it, the GI generation, born between 1901 and 1924. I guess that's because you were uh, prime for World War I and World War II. Well, also, not World War One, but World War Two, definitely. Well, if you were born in that, that means you're of uh, in in your earning years post depression. So you, it was a deflated number, and you just skyrocketed uh, from gotcha. there. Post industrial revolution, right. modern modern manufacturing, uh, better shipping, etc. The economy just exploded. But bunched together are the Gen Xers, right above the Missionary Generation. And there, what? Are, there are other positions. Uh, the progressives <laughs> generation, the boomers, which we all know about, and then the silent, okay, boomer. then the silent generation, which you don't hear much from, uh, <laughs> born between nineteen twenty five and nineteen forty five. Excellent, too, too easy but amusing, <laughs> very funny. Anyway, uh, so that sucks for the millennials, no doubt about that. It's because they're lazy. Everybody they knows that. Appreciate bedspreads. Armstrong and Getty. We just got a text. Somebody said, hey, I wanted to read that article you talked about earlier. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I just read an email that was so dang funny. LOL. So what? No? Hmm? Uh, I wanted to read an article on your website where you're talking about the difference between being governed and being ruled. Yes. That was the judge in Illinois? Yeah, Central Illinois judge just brought it. Fabulous. Pointing out the arbitrariness and ridiculousness of all the various shutdown regulations. And that's at armstrongandgetty.com. I don't know how you go about finding it once you get to the website. It's under hot links. Oh, hot links. There you go. It's a little play on word. Gotcha. Um, Words. Ironically. So we've been complaining for a long time because we know something about the way the news industry works. Uh we won't go into many more details than that because, uh, well, just because, just because. Yeah. <laughs> but oftentimes, politicians, especially, but certainly businesses or whatever, can just send over a press release, and it'll just end up on the news word for word. They don't even reword it. Right. <laughs> not only do they not like check to see if it's true or oh, please <laughs> put in a counterpoint or whatever. They don't even reword it. Right. They just read it as the politicians sent it from their office. Right. And this happened yesterday with Amazon. Amazon sent a full package to a bunch of TV news people and it included, it included the video you needed. It included the words. I mean, the newsrooms around America thought, thanks, Amazon. We'll just throw this on the air. You just saved me like hours of work. Right. And all I've got is a bunch of 22 year old minimum wagers around here and they can't do anything anyway. Perfect. So. But this, this is an idea of how it played on stations across America. 
Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Amazon has transformed its operations in response to COVID-19 to protect employees and keep packages flowing. Amazon has transformed its operations in response to COVID-19 to protect employees and keep packages flowing. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy while still delivering those packages to your doorstep. The company is keeping employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. Oh, she was the best one. She really cheery I think you get the point. Word for freaking word. Like I said, they don't even bother to reword it a little bit. Not even that much, uh, you know. Uh, you aren't embarrassed that you're just taking the piece directly from a a for profit business who's <gasps> giving you information that's going to make them more money, and you just read it and pretend it's a news story. Yeah. You don't have any embarrassment about that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just. And, you know, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers me with politicians who get to do that all the time with news outlets. But it is, it's the richest, the richest man in the world sent to news stations a pre-written news story and they just ran. He said, it. hey, read this. Show this. All right, Mr. Bezos. Yes, sir. Well, and all you have to do is say, according to Amazon, they've reworked their assembly lines, blah, blah, blah. Rewrite the story. If you can verify any of it, I mean, it wouldn't even take that long, but they don't even, they don't even have that much effort in them. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, but uh, God, I would think, like you said, it wouldn't take very long. A half an hour, you could check with your local whatever kind of store shipping outlet Mm -hmm. and see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Nope, nothing. Just slap that puppy on the air and repeat the words of Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Word for word. So lazy. Oh, my God. So if you hear a story about Amazon, that doesn't, well, you just heard a commercial. Right. And, and again, you could even say in a press release, Amazon says they're reworking their operation to keep their employees healthy. Make it clear that they're putting it out there. But no, these people read it as if it's their own reporting, yeah. which is so dishonest. I don't watch the news. And so how often, Good for you, son. <laughs> and so how often does that happen with any story you hear about anything? A restaurant, a store, a politician, a sports league, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Sure, local news especially. Although the other great principle of news is look at your newspapers or your big websites or your channels. And when they do a story about your industry and you realize, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not how that works. That's not what we do in this industry. That's misleading. What makes you think they're accurate about all the rest of them? Yeah, They're not. Um, every every article about the radio business is is so fraught with inaccuracies or incompleteness that it's laughable to those of us in it. I heard a couple of women talking about Amazon the other day, and uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how Amazon comes out of this whole thing because everybody's looking at Amazon different than they did before. Mm-hmm. If you've paid extra for uh, overnight shipping or two day shipping or whatever, you know now that that's meaningless. Mm-hmm. With Amazon, that that yeah. is, I, it, it's why they even offer it as an option. I have no idea because they don't mean it at all. And so, and as these people were conversing, and a lot of people across America, because I've seen the numbers and I've read the stories in the Wall Street Journal, so many people are saying, you know, I can do as well or better with Target.com or Walmart.com, correct, yeah. or all these other places that for some reason I was ignoring because Amazon was really the first in, um, and we all got used to that, but walmart.com's got all kinds of stuff too 
and they can deliver it really fast also. And maybe even faster and maybe even cheaper. Yeah. Well, my sweet bride was complaining about Amazon yesterday in real life, IRL. How she was looking for something that we needed and, and could not find it on Amazon. Then she did a, a general web search and, uh, and, and clicked around, and there it was on Amazon. But Amazon wasn't going to get you there unless you worked like crazy because they had other stuff that paid them to put their yeah. stuff up front. So their whole uh, prioritizing sponsored items that pay more for that mm-hmm. has gotten so bad, it's difficult to find that. I, I mostly right. notice that even with books. Like, I can, I can search for a specific title, and it will not give me that title. It will give me other books, a long list of other books, before I get down to the title I specifically searched for. Mm. What kind of a search engine is that? That's, well, one that's uh, designed to, to empty your pockets, which yeah. is fine. They get yeah. to, but they get to do that, people but it's, get to reject them. They're making a mistake. Yeah. They're making a mistake doing that. Yeah. So she ended up, I told her, listen, I, I, one of my uh, favorite uh, hair products I could not find on Amazon. Or it was super expensive, that's right, and I had to wait for a long time. I thought, I got it. Let me see if I can do better than that. And sure enough, I found it for you know half the price, two-thirds the price, available immediately, shipped quickly, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, i got to quit reflexively uh, going old uh, Jeff Bezos General Store. Yeah. Well, you usually quit reflexively doing that when it becomes not the best choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Love the free market. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it made Walmart and Target way better. True. And now Amazon will have to get better to compete against them. But there should be one government website. That would be better for everyone. Oh, man. Speaking of which, I got an unbelievable email for you if we want it. I don't know. We could do it tomorrow. It's a guy who's uh, eligible for unemployment and has been trying for weeks to get his benefits. He can't get a call back. He can't even get anybody on the phone. Nothing is happening for weeks. And he's owed all these benefits. But you want to put yourself in the tender mercies of the government for everything, including your health care. Good Lord, what is the color of the sky in your world? We've got a feel-good story on the way. So you spend years and years and years behind prison, behind bars in prison. It's uh, not very feel-good thus far. <laughs> but you've got kind of a bucket list dream, something you've always wanted to do when you finally get out, if you ever get out. Huh. What is it that you want to do? The one thing you really want to do. Uh, get with somebody. <laughs> I'd probably be toward the top of the list. I mean, maybe you were. Like a, a woman. I've seen prison movies. Sure. Might have been. I don't know. Anyway, surely you have a point. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, we'll pay that off for you, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's start with your name, please, sir. My name is Archie Williams. Then where are you from, Archie? I'm from Louisiana. I was just incarcerated for 37 years for somebody else's crime. Ooh. <laughs> DNA freed me. We've got about 3,500 yeses here. Yeah. Oh, 
That's a, that's a feel-good story. That is a Except good story. Except for the four decades behind bars. <laughs> wrongful conviction. Yeah, that sucks. But, um, that's infuriating. But that, you know, well, there, there's nothing you can do to fix that. Right. Nothing you can do. But that standing on the crowd with that a stage with that crowd doing that had to be pretty damn good. So you're okay with people being incarcerated for 37 years unjustifiably? I disagree with Jack. I think that is wrong. Well, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Joe Getty's How to Argue Unfairly. <laughs> no, going forward, clearly we can't. So but yes, we can't undo the past. I don't know how America's Got Talent works, but so... Um, I liked how he had that, that grunty thing in there, that blues singer grunting. Yeah. I can't do that. I, I wish I could. How would he not win? How, how would you not vote for that guy? 40, 37 years in prison. I've heard a lot of these stories, but I don't remember one that long. Yeah, that's that's a long time. That is brutal. Oh, that is rough. Oh, oh. We really like this next story. It's getting a lot of attention. As it should. As it should, but we thought maybe, I think it's more enjoyable if you know what's happening here. This is a bemasked MSNBC reporter on the scene reporting with disappointment and shock, sadness, that people are not wearing masks where he is in Wisconsin. People there are just not worried about it, Cal? Are they not worried about their own personal safety? I haven't met anybody who is. I think people felt like the Supreme Court made the decision here in Wisconsin that it was time to open up. But you can see, here, just around. Nobody's wearing them. Nobody's, uh, the there you go, including the cameraman. Yeah. Katie? Striking images. So the guy says, in case you don't hear it, uh, you know, the reporter says through his mask, uh, nobody's wearing them. And an onlooker says, including your cameraman. Just some rando walking by. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And half your crew. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy is so flummoxed because all he can do is read off teleprompters. Yeah, including the cameraman. (laughs) I just repeat things that are said to me. I'm a reporter. Go blank yourself, San Diego. (laughs) Stay classy. Uh, Yeah, that's that's so good. So they're doing the big virtue signaling thing. If you're a lefty, you love masks, blah, blah, blah. Which is just including your cameraman. Including your cameraman. Including the cameraman. I say through my mask. That I have because I care. (laughs) That is one of the worst... Uh, recoveries I've ever seen, <laughs> including my cameraman. Oh, yeah, well, the jerk store called. <laughs> yeah, nice uh, nice sincerity there, MSNBC. Unfriggin' believable. Oh, 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 I like that one. That's a good story. Well, the show's over when you have five minutes left, so I guess soft shoe? Uh, <laughs> I don't have my juggling routine. Uh, a couple of bonus pieces of mailbag, if you will. First of all, real nice note here from uh, Al Anonymous. Uh, we touched on when it would be time to stop applauding healthcare workers and praising them and the rest of it. Oh, there was because a ridiculous be- op-ed piece about we need to stop now be- before it, something happens. Yeah, and and uh, Al says, listen, I have a slightly different take on why we need to stop praising them so much. I don't have a problem with the praise itself, but it's extremely frustrating as a small business owner that while I'm being told to sacrifice my business of 27 years, my retirement, my kid's education, college fund, while healthcare workers continue to get their full pay and pensions in some cases, I gladly trade places with them. If the healthcare worker doesn't feel safe at their jobs, they have the choice to quit. I had no choice, nor do I have any say in this. That's why I'm tired of hearing praise to the healthcare workers. But it, it's not an anti-healthcare worker thing by any means. And then I reference this, and I think it's absolutely worth sharing. No, I just thought it was, uh, well, that's why I said yesterday it was from the overthinking things oh, department. The, the, I, I can see no harm done if you say something kind to a healthcare worker. <laughs> right, right, exactly. 
My name is Tim, and as a 50-year-old guy, I've been listening to you for around 20 years. Wow, fabulous, Tim. Thanks. Awesome show. Thank you. Just wanted to give you my input on how our state of California is handling the unemployment issues in response to COVID-19. At 50 years old, I've never in my life used unemployment. Even after the, uh, the he mentions various fires, uh, losing everything my son and I owned. We rented, we had no insurance, I was able to still have a job. Now I've lost my job as a general manager for a local restaurant where I was at for 16 years, which is closed due to the pandemic, well, in the ordered shutdown. I am, I applied for unemployment back in March. Now, nine weeks later, I've still not received a penny from unemployment. Nine weeks. I've also not received any responses to my multiple messages to them. I've limited myself to 25 to 30 phone calls a day, which oh. are never answered. Oh. Just for info, main customer service line is only open from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. The other line open from 8 to 8, but nobody ever answers, ever I'm sure I can't be alone in this problem. I've now missed four paychecks and will run out of savings next month. I just wanted to bring this problem and the failing of our system to your attention. Uh, thanks for the great show. It's um, Here are a couple of grown man emojis I know Jack loves so much. Thumbs up, <laughs> fist bump. Uh, anyway, can you believe that? And you're going to, again, you're going to throw your, your life on the tender mercies of the government, involving more and more of the economy, including your health care. Good Lord, what a nightmare. Nine weeks. He limits himself to 25 to 30 phone calls a day. Unbelievable. And here's somebody else who says they've been listening to us since day one. This is awesome. a patient soul. Yeah. As the show has evolved. I mean, we were, uh, in the beginning, it was mostly puns, animal noises, <laughs> knock-knock jokes. Uh, they particularly like... A lot of um, Take My Wife. Please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were heavily into uh, uh, veterinary advice for years. <laughs> Tradio. My to... cat has scabs. We say, well, have you, uh, I don't know, taken your cat to the vet? <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, they particularly liked uh, when I was ranting and raving about one particular area, but I'm sure this is true all over the country, where... On today, dine-in restaurants are open and non-essential offices. Tomorrow, hair salons and barbershops, because you couldn't have those open today. They can only open tomorrow, based on science, We're Joe. basing this all on science and data. Then Friday, the 29th, places of worship can open. But hair salons tomorrow. So you can get your hair cut tomorrow, then go to church on Friday. But you can't do it the other way around, because who knows what horror would happen. How many bodies is too many to open a hair salon a day earlier? The idea that this is based on science is laughable. What a joke. Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty are brought to you today by Two ominous notes separated by six octaves <laughs> That might be my favorite that, one That is awesome That's really funny Here's your host, Joe Getty <laughs> uh, Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up, shall we? It's Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room Final thoughts? Yeah, if I ever find myself... On live TV, I'm calling out the cameraman. It's just too funny. And watch the uh, live reporter freak out. <laughs> My hero is there was some cute reporter at reporting from some scene. I can't remember. And he rides up shirtless on his bike and in the middle of the report says, Hey, you want to go out sometime? You're pretty cute. <laughs> the nerve, the nerve. I've never had it. Positive Sean, final thought. 
Yeah, more and more things starting to open back up. I saw uh, Disney World announcing preliminary plans to open sometime in July. Obviously not at full capacity. And I saw a Vegas hotel owner, CEO, something. What? They're just randomly buying airplane tickets so people can fly to Vegas. You don't even have to stay at his hotel. He's just trying to get people into the city. Wow. Crazy. Jack, final thought? I'm trying to think as a guy who's really into music and stuff like that, why would two notes six octaves apart have such an ominous sound to them they do is that something we learned from movies or do Mm. they just automatically have that that's an interesting question i have no idea but no doubt you hear that sound in your house you'd think somebody was behind you with a a knife right right i guess my final thought man i don't know i got so many thoughts that final (laughs) who has time oh i wonder if uh when they open uh Disneyland, Disney World, and Mickey Mouse will still be around, or if he's one of those rats that's desperate for food because the restaurants are closed and he may have been cannibalized <laughs> by other mice. You got this note from somebody uh, caught a rat in one of the traps, then left it for a few hours and had her husband, Can you deal with that? And he came home, all that was left was the tail. Oh, other, ra- other rats had come and mm. eaten the rat that got right. caught. Wow. DCRs, desperate cannibalistic rats. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have the, the articles we mentioned and links and clicks and all sorts of stuff. You can buy cool Armstrong and Getty swag, some of it very funny. Uh, drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And uh, all of the podcasts are there, including stuff that's never been on the air and, and whatever. Armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say Look that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Bingo. Armstrong and Getty.